This is all audio. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I was all about the shower and everything, about the shave. And I was like, <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't think it, I don't think anything he has is, is video recorded. All right. Hey man, even if you shaved, I don't know if that hoodie on and that background. <laughs> I don't know if the audience can take this. <laughs> What's up, everybody? This is the What A Year podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy George. Uh, Today, I've got with me my boy, Ox. We're here to discuss goal number eight, which is to start a podcast. So kind of a podcast-ception episode. Um, I started this on August 29th by publishing my first trailer. And uh, really excited to have him on here because this is obviously completely different from any other episode. So, Ox, thanks for hopping on, man. Man, this is uh this is dope. This is a pleasure, JG. I'm I'm happy to uh I'm happy to to see that you have been knocking these goals off your list, man. And and uh, I would love to dive into more about what got you to actually knock these things off your list. Yeah, hundred percent. You were a big help on on this one, obviously. Um, is this have you ever been have you been on this side of the uh, the microphone before? Yeah, so okay. I've been I've been interviewed before uh, on my friend's podcast, and that's what got me you know got 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 that spark in my oh, brain sure. uh to even give me the the courage and 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 confidence to to start one on my own exactly. um so this is it, it's always fun being on this side <laughs> absolutely um so ox and i go actually way back it's a little bit of background on ox he and i met in middle school my first memory of ox is flag football practice bef- um we had practice before school and you had a tight spiral, man. Just, just not as much mobility as I do. Listen, hey, I, I, seven yards and in, specialist. I'm telling you, those crossing routes, I could, I could do a crossing route. Uh, you want a deep ball? You said deep ball? Nah, I can't do it, coach. Nah, we'll pass. <laughs> now Ox is living his best life. He's in San Diego. He works at Procore. Just got promoted as a. He's now a senior university program recruiter. So, congrats on that. Um, and, uh, outside of that, you know, Ox has a really balanced life. He's a, obviously a podcaster himself, like I mentioned. So go check out the holla at me podcast on, I assume Spotify, Apple podcasts, wherever you listen. Yes, sir. And, uh, he's also a stand-up comedian. So, uh, multi-talented individual. Yeah, I try, man. You know, I'm not good at everything, uh, but I try. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the first question I wanted to ask you is, um, you know, when I initially reached out to you about this idea, um, mm-hmm. not just the What Are Your Project, but about starting a podcast in particular, were you surprised? And also, what was the reason you said yes? I was surprised. Uh, I was surprised coming from you mm-hmm. um, only because I didn't know that you would be you were interested in in the communication part of it, like um mm-hmm connecting with people and, and the interview, the interview and the communications and the, and the journalistic side of it. But, but the more I heard about your, your, your vision for, you know, a lot of, a lot more made sense um, with your bucket list project. Mm. Um, and, and what did I think? I was excited because um, honestly, it's, it's energizing for me and it's inspiring for me when other people follow those passions that are outside of your, yeah you know, you, you go to high school, you get good grades, you go to college, you do the right thing, you get this accounting job or whatever. And, you know, your life is pretty much scripted out if you follow the path, right? Like I, I love when people 
follow things that they think that they love versus what they think they're supposed to do. Absolutely, man. And I think we share that because that's one of the things that I, I really admired about you and, and you pursuing endeavors that are outside of the traditional path. And obviously simultaneously, you're trying to pursue these things that are, that actually make you really, really vulnerable. Yeah. It's hard to recognize how vulnerable you have to be just to, you know, just to get started. And obviously in the case of stand-up comedy, I mean, you're getting on stage and yeah, you're putting yourself out there. And if you don't get laughs, it probably feels like shit. So that's something that I've just always really admired about you. And quite frankly, that's something that I liked about the notion of doing a podcast is it's putting myself out there, whether it's my opinions, my, um, my beliefs, just my way of speaking, putting it out there in the public eye and, and hoping that it gets a good response, but at the same time, not worrying too much about that, because I know that authentically, I'm just pursuing that something that's interesting to me. So uh, it's been cool. Yeah, I, I see. Um, I see what you're doing as an inspiration too, man. Um, and I know that's like, inspiration that sounds like a big cheesy corny word that's one of the motivations for why i continue to push through even though i'm not getting tens to thousands of and millions of listens and views yeah yeah um but it, man you you impact one person you 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 did something and that's wholeheartedly how i believe i feel that 100 percent. can you tell us a little bit more about your podcast like you know what do you talk about what's the format who do you bring on yeah um, anything like that so the Holla at Me podcast is about uncovering this, the, the path of, of one person's um, grind or hustle, if you will. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm one person that, as I said earlier, I really do get inspired and energized off of hearing people pursue their dreams. Um, number one, it, it, it gives me hope to be able to push through um, whatever, whenever those roadblocks come about for me um, or help inspire me to think of other ideas or, or, or new things I can try to do to help me get to where I want to go. Also, the sec- second part is I really do feel like every person is special and capable of accomplishing amazing things. And I don't think that everybody sees that for themselves. And I just wanted to have a place where I can give people a voice and give people an, an opportunity to hear other people's journeys. You know, your people that are, you know, fighting every day, going to an open mic, you know, for, for two years straight or mm-hmm. doing those unpaid comedy shows or performing open gigs or playing on the subway. You know, I think all those people are amazing. And I don't think that they um, value themselves as, as much as they, as they can be. I feel like you've always been, kind of that way, at least for as long as I've known you. And I'm curious, like, where do you think that comes from for you? You know, yeah, you had a very interesting upbringing, so that might be part of it. But yeah, I'm curious from your perspective, if you've thought on that. A few pivotal points for me in my life when it comes to like being confident with who I am and, and, and believing in my journey is number one, going to college um, away from uh, my hometown I, you know, went to Penn State on the East Coast where I didn't really have too many family or friends um, at the time. Mm-hmm. And living on my own, that was, um, I, I had to force myself to to be confident in my decision-making and my ability to uh, make friends or, or um, stay clear of certain people or certain morning signs. And then after that, my first job out of college, you know, at that point in my life, I had done everything I thought that I was supposed to making money now after out of school I'm like mm-hmm. you know first job out of school and I'm like nothing about this is fulfilling <laughs> you know I'm making all this money right now but I'm not happy at all and I don't feel fulfilled and then where were you a, living at this point and, I and ended up 
ended up after graduation, um, got my first job back in San Francisco. So gotcha. I was working in a big city, yeah. um, yep. you know, stereotypical big city compared to Oakland, California. And then I finally got my first apartment and it just, I was not fulfilled at all, man. And I was like, shit, like, I hope this isn't what the rest of my life is supposed to be like until in retirement. Mm-hmm. And then there was one more point to where this sounds really uh, uh, superficial, but you know, I remember making money. I remember, you know, having my own apartment and still not really, you know, getting a lot of attention from girls. Like, what else am I supposed to do at this point? You know, like I, I've lost all this weight. You know, I, I don't I don't look bad. I got a full head of hair at this point. I'm making mm-hmm. money. Like what what is left? And it was the confidence part. And I did not have that. Yeah, and I remember yeah. one of my friends um, invited me to come to an open mic with them to a comedy show. Uh, this is a guy I've known my entire life. The first guy I was on his podcast, as a matter of fact. And uh, I went, I decided to do a set. I was like, what's the worst that could happen? I'm already at my, literally at my lowest that I've been in a long time. And it went well. Mm-hmm. And he invited me back the next week to do another set. And it went well again. Then he invited me back the following week to do a um, a, a, a longer slot of time and actually get paid. And, and again, it went well. And I like the high that I got from coming off stage, doing stand-up comedy, I'd never felt that before. It was, It was the most like, it's me against you, whoever else is in the stands, all, all four and a half people <laughs> that, I'm, that I'm performing in front of. Mom, and, dad. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, it was from that moment on, though, I recognized like, oh, I didn't want to die as the greatest comedian of all time. But I, mm-hmm. I understood like but if you believe in yourself mm-hmm. and you and you push yourself to do something, even if it's outside your comfort space, you know, that's going to be way more fulfilling than just doing the short thing, the 100%. Yeah. And so that was kind of the major last moment in my life. And even if I didn't do well, I would have been happy that I gave it a try. And that's, and that's inspired every other decision I've made to this point. You know, like I'd rather, I'd rather live with failure than, than die with regret. Yeah. Like you said, even if it completely bombed, um, you would have been happy that you at least gave it a shot. And in fact, I think more often than not, you don't bomb. And you actually realize like, oh, this is, I can actually do this thing. It's really fun. It's thrilling. Here's a couple of things I can work on to get better. And then you slowly build off of that. Um, as scary as it can feel to have that feeling of like, it can't get any worse than this. Yeah. It's also incredibly empowering. Cause I think that's when you start to make the decisions that are actually going to have a significant impact on the rest of your life. You know, I, I've also learned a lot um, from like the failures. I, I, I found out in college was when I started doing this, but I started making uh, goals. I'm sorry. I, I started uh, identifying goals that I had. And then I started listing out the steps it would take, like whatever, three to five increments, yeah. the steps it would take to kind of get there. Yeah. And, you know, like I, I would say like 70 to 80% of the time, by the time it gets to that, that goal checkpoint, mm-hmm. I don't hit it. But at that time of failure, like, almost every time something way more positive comes about and, and it's not actually like mm-hmm. that goal, but it's like the steps, the process it took to get to that point mm-hmm. um, where the, where the building blocks to me being prepared for this next challenge or this next opportunity that, that comes about. And it's just about like, man, it, you know, just like holding yourself together where every time that failure comes for yeah. me, yeah. Are, are there, are there points in your recent life where like uh, this failure has led to something like incredibly great that you weren't even able to picture six months ago or a year before that. 
Absolutely, man. You know, I set out on a mission to try to do 52 things in 52 weeks. I didn't do 52 things. I didn't complete all 52 of them. You know, so I did 32. I got 61%, which is a D minus according to most most (laughs) academic standards. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't look at um, this year as a failure at all. And in fact, it was like one of the most um, transformative years of my life, not just because I did check off a few things on my bucket list, which of course, in and of itself was awesome, but it was everything else that I learned along the way. A lot of things that you've already touched on in terms of just understanding and enjoying the process, regardless of the result. Uh, the connections that I made, you know, you and me sitting here on this podcast right now, the fact that I stayed at your place in San Diego a couple of months ago when I was down there for a wedding, you know, all of that transpired in some, in some way, because, uh, you know, I took this initiative and, and I think also because you and I connected on, on that level of like putting yourself out there. So that's, so that's, true. that's, what's been for me, the most meaningful takeaway from pursuing this project was, was all of the relationships and the lessons and everything that came outside of just completing things on my bucket list. Oh man, that's an incredibly powerful outlook to have. Um, you know, I didn't get to the 52, but I mean, the, the fact of the matter is you did 30 plus more things this year than you would have done last year too. In a pandemic, <laughs> you, you did, I True. mean, I'm telling you, man, like not only you doing the journey, but then you taking another step further and doing this part of it. Mm. You're, I'm telling you, you're going to make an impact on some random person in Uzbekistan or something like that. <laughs> that I don't know how they figured out. I mean, maybe maybe this little Uzbekistani kid knows how Shout to you know, knows English. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. telling you though, like you, you know, uh, dude, we are capable of accomplishing way more than so we much. Think. Yep, dude, what pushes you through though? What pushed you, like, what was it, was it a similar thought that pushed you through all, you know, 30 plus items that you were able to get through? Or was it something Mm. different every time that had to push you? Um, so I think, I think there's like, there's like the things that push me through on a macro level. And then there's the things that push me through on a micro level. So on a macro level, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time reflecting on this year. And one of the big things that I, that I realized that inspires me or drives me is, is death and, and confronting yeah. death and reconciling with the reality that we could die. And countless studies have shown that when people are sitting on their be- deathbed, more often than not, they're likely to regret the things that they didn't do, right? right. Not the things that they did, but the things that they never even tried. Right. And that terrifies me. I, I don't want to have this list of regrets of things that I never even tried. And it can yeah. be as simple as, you know, like, damn, I should have just gone and approached that girl at the bar right. to something much bigger. Like, you know what? I always wanted to open that bookstore. I should have just done it. Right. And that's quite frankly, why Jeff Bezos started Amazon is he right. had this idea. And of course, look where it went. Um, I'm terrified of the feeling of what if, you know, right. um, and that drove me throughout my entire life um, in sports in particular. Um and uh, so that's like on the macro level, what motivates me, right. but, but then on a micro level, having other people in your corner, I came to find is one of the biggest contributors to motivation, mm-hmm. whether it's knowing someone else is going through the same struggles with you, mm-hmm. or there's someone who is better at something than you, who can help, you know, help you improve and, and make you achieve things more efficiently. Yeah. Like the community aspect of it is so crucial and, you know, not to go on a tangent here, but I think that as we are more connected in the world, we're also more isolated, um, which can be really, which, which can be really difficult. And so yeah. I think we all need to try to find a way to better utilize that connectivity that we do have through the internet, through social media and through all of these different means, but use that to then help each other do those things that we've always wanted to do to keep yeah. pushing through. Even when you feel like you want to give up, like that's, that's my dream for the world. 
That's great. You have a healthy motivation. Um, I found the opposite. <laughs> I'm very pedally motivated. Like the idea of someone telling me I can't do something will mm. will will give me that the chip energy. on the shoulder. Oh my god, it's so unhealthy, and I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happened to me at some point. Maybe because like my pops was always my biggest hater, but <laughs> yeah. but that that and and passion. Mm. I was gonna say passion's a, a funny thing that like i don't think i was passionate until i like got to college mm-hmm. i don't think i was passionate about anything and i know i know again my dad can it would is probably saying like thank the lord he finally sees it but like i didn't mm-hmm. get i half-assed well, i didn't half-ass school but it just what came easy to me came easy to me and what didn't mm-hmm. like I, I was like i don't i don't know i don't tell you yeah. and um, you know, the way I approach sports, I was like, I tried my hardest, but when coaches were like, you don't get better in practice, you get better outside of practice. That's like, what are you talking about? Why am I here then? You know, <laughs> but now I understand, like, if you are passionate about something, you yeah. will, you know, you were literally fight sleep mm-hmm. to figure out how to get better at that thing. That's the difference between someone like Andrew Bynum, who's gifted, he's seven foot something. And he just played basketball because he happened to be good at it versus like a Kobe Bryant where he loved, he loved basketball, ate, slept, you know, literally improved every every year of his career, Mm -hmm. did everything Mm -hmm. he could. Yeah. I may not be the the biggest person, you know, but I'm going to figure out how to, how to get there. I'm curious, like, cause I think the passion thing is huge, right? It's absolutely critical. Like you said, I also know that. And I, you know, I fell in this bucket, um, couple of years ago. And I think a lot of people feel this way is, okay, I know I need to be passionate about something, but how do I know what I'm passionate about? You know, Jeremy, we all know what we like, Mm -hmm. but there is a bigger voice telling us that what we like is stupid. Dude, everybody, everybody's idea is stupid until it's cool. And then everyone's going to fucking love it. Hell yeah, man. Let's go. Preach. Yeah. You, you touched on the chip on your shoulder a little bit earlier, and I kind of wanted to come back to that. Where does that come from for you? Because I think that's, uh, you know, whenever you listen to uh, high-performing individuals, often there's a mention of a chip on their shoulder. So, yeah, where does it come from for you? I like to think that my chip is a healthy level chip, mm-hmm. well, healthy-ish. You know, I, I, I see people. It's not like a potato chip, but like a keto. Yeah. Yeah. Chip. Yeah. I got my chip from Trader Joe's. Yeah. I, didn't get, <laughs> I didn't get my chip from the, from the corner store. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I think I've always had it there. I just didn't know how to use it to my, to my strength. Mm. I think it's more so just, I understand myself a little bit better and I, and I know how to use maybe my weaknesses to my benefit. Mm. It's like playing basketball, Jeremy. Like, I'm not the fastest guy out there. I already said that. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to figure out a way to, to stay in between you and the basket. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I, I would like That's to think true. that I'm one of the more cerebral players because I know I don't have the athletic uh, abilities to, to just beat you outright. Right, right. So that chip on my shoulder, more often than not, it's not really someone telling me I can't do something. Like, I, unfortunately, I have a lot of people that believe in me. I hate that. I'm like, dude, <laughs> I have people like, I know you can do it. You're, I'm like, dude, that's not helping. You're like, no, no, tell me I suck. <laughs> tell me I suck. <laughs> tell me I'll never make it. I've always had too much support in my life. And I'm, I'm just, you know, it's like, damn, that's my chip. Is y'all yeah. believing me too much? <laughs> <laughs> it's real though, man. I mean, I think it takes a certain personality type and some respond to criticism and shit talking uh, the complete opposite direction. But yeah, I was definitely the same way. I mean, growing up, I was pretty small, pretty skinny. And I remember meeting people 
my sophomore year of high school, uh-huh. meeting different people in Piedmont. I'd be tossing a football around. They'd ask me what position I played and I'd say quarterback. And I would never forget the reactions they had because they were, it was always a range of disbelief to just like laughter. Yeah. And I was just like, bro, bro, let you me go raw. prove you wrong. You, and not, not only like you were raw too, bro. Like you had, I mean, you just, you were one of the most natural, natural leaders we had in our class. Like just naturally a leader. That. People will, people will follow you, you know, bro. you, you did everything from the work from working it to like the leadership part of it like you you were that guy i appreciate it man but like you said it definitely i mean god we had we had a stacked team too and we had a we had a lot of people that understood their role so that that definitely helped and everyone was very supportive like overly supportive i think our team had (laughs) our team had no bullies you know like you you ever think about that like we didn't have it I think about that all the time yeah we didn't really (laughs) like when i hear people talk about bullying i'm like what like we didn't really have that we didn't have that, man. Yeah, you know, no. you, you know, you know, like the bullies we had were like not cool. So you didn't listen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I remember one time they had no school, power. None. I remember one time in high school, one kid made fun of me because I was a little bit chunkier, and I was like, "Yo, you, you're a loser." Like, <laughs> I wasn't concerned about your opinion. Yeah. Hey, we we were lucky, man. We grew up. Yeah. At, we we went to a good high school. Yeah, uh, we did. in that sense. Yeah, we did. Um, I I wanted to ask you you know, you've obviously found a way to be able to balance this really well. You, all of your creative ambitions with, you know, work life, personal life. Why, like, why is it that important to you? And do you have any advice that you would give to anyone else who's potentially interested in starting something like a podcast themselves? I don't think that my true calling in life is stand-up comedian. I don't think that my true purpose in life is to be a podcast hope, uh, host. I don't know if I have my true calling yet, but um the more I push myself out my comfort zone, I find myself being more and more uh, feeling fulfilled. And, and, mm-hmm. and with that comes like the confidence um, and the inspiration to try other things, continue to try the things. And I hope that I, I do get the opportunity to make a large impact. Like, I think that I've, I've done a lot of different things like coaching. I've coached college. I was on the coaching staff at a college football. Like I didn't play. Wow. I didn't start, bro. You know, I was, I was the like I didn't play you know that you know what I'm saying like I was the root I was black Rudy you know what I'm saying I was I was radio that wasn't on the spectrum uh, for, our, for our football team you know what I'm saying and how you know I just loved the sport though and I ended up getting the opportunity to be on the coaching staff I didn't make the biggest impact but I you know I, that's one of the best jobs I've ever I've ever had in my life to be honest um yeah. Um, I want to be able to make an imp- impact on, on, on this planet before I go some way, some, some form. And, um, you know, every task that I do isn't, isn't the, isn't the thing I love, but I, I would think it's working towards getting me to the point of, of, of making an impact. Oh yeah, man. Let's go. Yeah. I respect it. And, uh, I think that as long as you keep putting it out there, you will, I mean, you yeah. already have, and you continue and you will continue to. Thank you. Um, well, the last question that I always like to finish with is, uh, what's one thing on your bucket list? I thought about this. Um, what's one thing on my bucket list? Okay. Okay. Bucket list. Okay. This is a big future one. I want to, um, I want to run, I want to own my own restaurant. That is bucket list. Right. And so listen, part of the reason why 
I do want to get famous. I'm not really big on the fame portion of it, not being able to go out to restaurants or do, you know, just the every day right, casual right, things, right. maybe have some tweets that resurface, uh, that get me canceled, <laughs> but there's I so do. much cancelable content for cancelable. Fox Turner. <laughs> oh, y'all go ahead. Go ahead and take those keyword searches in, but yeah, I would exactly. love, I would love my name <laughs> to mean something. So I could have a restaurant where mm. I don't need that money, but I just want to have a, a space to provide a, a dope, a dope, like community. Hell yeah. That's, what, that's my bucket list. What kind of restaurant? It'll be a little sports bar situation, but mm, it's evolved. See that. Yeah. It's a sports bar, but it's evolved. I want, you know, in the back corner, way in the back, people have talked about HIPAA violations. It'd be cool to have a little, <laughs> uh, like a little pedicure haircut spot in the, in the, in the corner oh, in the wow. way in the back. So it doesn't touch the food. And then, you know, have like wall to wall TVs, couches, lounges, you know, a little chill area just to sit down, chill and watch whichever game you're trying to watch sport. Mm. Um, yeah. So it sounds That's, like it's a multi-purpose facility centered around sports Yeah, where there's food, but then you can also just have, you know, these other salon-like aspects to it. Yeah, this, 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 this toxic masculinity, man, like, we gotta, we gotta, uh, you know, we gotta change the perspective on Dude, yeah, on, I've been seeing you and Ethan dude. getting those pedicures. Listen, man. Bi-weekly. If, if, <laughs> if wanting to walk on clouds and having clean feet is not, like, masculine. Masculine? Yeah. I don't want to be masculine. And call me a female because <laughs> I love pedicure. The hot rocks. Oh, mm. my girl Jenny mm. at the shop. She puts the hot rocks on my feet, and it's like I'm. I have like newborn feet again. Yeah. Damn. Well, hey, since I want, I want you to make this happen. I'm gonna tell you that I have zero faith in your ability to do this. So we'll see what hey, happens. I, I needed that. I need that. <laughs> The real estate you own in my head right now is going to be the same real estate that I'm going to be able to buy plot of land on. Don't worry. Yeah. Baby. I need that. Thank you. I need that. I got you, man. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you hopping on, dude. That was a, that was a fun conversation. And I love one of the things I really love about podcasting is I feel like obviously you and I could catch up all the time. Everyone I've had on the show, I catch up with in some, in some capacity, but we don't always get to the types of conversations that we have when, when it's in a structure like this. So um, that was fun, man. That was really cool. Jeremy, this is a dope project. I'm glad that you have persevered and pushed through to this point. Keep going, bro. Uh, thank it, you. Thank you for this though. Yes, sir. Yeah. Likewise, yeah. man. And I'll see you in San Diego soon yeah. to come grab my suit. Yeah. Come get your crap at my house, <laughs> please. <laughs> Good show, man. All right. All right. Take I'll it see easy, you, bro. dude. Bye. Bye.